Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of Reach is brought to you by our sponsor, Jackie, another secret weapon that executive assistants and women who do it all need to know about. You guys all know that feeling, right? Staring at your closet and thinking to yourself, I have so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. That is why Jackie is here. Jackie is a high-end boutique subscription styling service that you apply to join. What I love about Jackie is you get to develop a relationship with your stylist. Your stylist is someone you can text or call or email with specific wardrobe needs or ideas you have. Or maybe there's an upcoming event or trip or meeting or even a wedding that your ex is going to be at that you really, really, really want to look fantastic for. Those are exactly the types of scenarios a Jackie subscription can help with. Each box from Jackie is filled with high quality clothing and accessories. Jackie is here to help all of us embrace our style and our confidence. This is subscription styling done right for the women who do it all. So apply to join Jackie and fall in love with your style this year. Visit shopjackie.com to apply to join and be sure to tell your stylist Maven sent you with code MAVEN20 for 20% off all the items kept in your first box. Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reach. I am your host, Jessica Van, founder and CEO of Maven Recruiting Group. And today, I am hanging out in Glendale, California, with our guest, Brandon Bailey. Hi there. Hi, Jessica. I really appreciate you having me on today. And also, just super grateful for you for starting Maven and allowing me to have so many great opportunities. Thank you so much. We're going to hear about some of those opportunities that have uh, crossed your path, but thank you. We're equally honored and excited to have you here. I've actually heard about, my team has been singing your praises for going on two years. Wow. Like, who's this Brandon guy? <laughs> so it's really, there's no better person. When we wanted to do, when we wanted to feature a program about the temp experience and how that can really be something meaningful in your career, I was, you know, we were, we were brainstorming and I asked the temp team and they were like, Psh. Brandon, wow, okay. <laughs> that's the guy you got to talk to. So it's really, it's really great to have awesome. you here. So um, as I mentioned, um, Brandon is going to be speaking to us today um, about his experience of contracting, something we're calling the temp glory story. Um, Brandon is currently the senior executive assistant to the SVP of people at Postmates. Um, Postmates was just acquired within the last about 36 hours, it seems like, um, by Uber. Yes. So there's quite a lot that's been going on uh, in his universe. And again, really appreciate you making the time for this conversation, especially in light of all that. Um, But Postmates, for those who don't know, is the on-demand delivery company that basically grants all of your food and then some wishes, whatever it is that you need, Um, certainly doing a lot of business in this current climate. Um, Prior to joining Postmates, Brandon spent close to two years working a couple of different long-term contract executive assistant positions. 
um, one of which turned into a permanent role at a ticketing company called Eventbrite. So um, it's this experience in particular that we are hoping to dig into and, and have Brandon share more about, um, specifically about how we, he was able to convert a temporary opportunity into something meaningful and lucrative over the long term. So we hope that in hearing Brandon's success story, it will inspire some of you to either view your current temp role differently or even encourage you to give a temp opportunity a shot where maybe otherwise you might not have. That being said, um, maybe you could start us off by just walking us through the events in your career that immediately led up to you starting um, in a contract work. Absolutely. So I was um, uh, executive administrator at a small company in Menlo Park called Junio. And I ended up there because the CEO found me on LinkedIn and just happened to reach out. At the time, I was actually working for Virgin America. I was a flight attendant, and I had some previous experience um, as an EA, and he wanted someone to bring that culture of Virgin to his small tech company. And so I flew out, met with him, and the same day he was just like, how much money do you want to make, and when do you want to start? And I'm like, okay, here I am. So I guess I'm moving to <laughs> Palo Alto. Um, so I moved down, and it was really a roller coaster. Like, the company was growing, and then after a while, things just started to tank. And I was the very last employee at Junio, mm. and I was helping the CEO to really shutter the company. And so I just had to, like, you know, let go of some employees, shut down a lot of systems, and it just got to the point where I didn't have a consistent amount of work to do, and I knew that eventually I was going to be completely done there, and I started looking for some opportunities, mm -hmm. and that's when I found Maven, mm -hmm. and uh, I think I eventually ended up at Climate Policy Initiative, mm -hmm. and uh, which was an awesome experience working there. And I think what I learned in that position is I really needed to find a home that felt really genuine to me and mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And uh, eventually ended up uh, working for Amplitude, yep. which was another really great experience. I got to help them through, I believe they're like Series C fundraising round and their executive assistant was on maternity leave. So it was like a four-month assignment. Also, a really amazing company, you know, having tremendous growth. And it was just a really great experience working with the CEO and also the CFO there. Made some really great connections. Um, still friends with a lot of those people today. And so after that, I ended up, um, I think, taking some more time off and eventually... Uh, I wanted to work again, and I reached back out, and the situation came. Eventually, up. you wanted to work again, or eventually you yeah. had to work. Again? I, I, it was a situation. I was so I started an Airbnb business, and so I Did had you? income. Okay, yeah. and so I was able to pretty much not work for. Got it pretty good yeah. amount of time and so it was I got to the point where I was like I'm bored yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like yeah. I should do something else but I think like just to to recap on some of the life experiences that were going on for you I mean it sounds like obviously you were in flux right the company Junio yeah that you were a part of had had disbanded but I think as far as providing kind of a safe or not safe but a, a soft landing when you're at a transitional point in life and or career and or like what you were doing, you were kind of like, you know, 
commuting between two areas, Southern California and the Bay Area, mm-hmm. launching this Airbnb business that you just yep. mentioned. So I think like just having work that can be very fluid like that, mm-hmm. if you're at a fluid sort of place in life, yep. it's really, it, it dovetails nicely. It did. I will definitely say having that opportunity to reach out to Maven and say, hey, you know, what do you guys have going on right now? I am interested in an assignment and it could be four months or six months or a year. Like I have the opportunity to kind of do what I want has been such a blessing being in those places where I'm like, I kind of need to make money right now or I'm just bored and I'd like to do something additional. Um, So I really do appreciate the temp roles for that reason. The flexibility. Yeah. And I ended up working for another airline for a while. I worked for Norwegian Airlines, and I was actually doing training there. And so I would, like, go back and forth between, like, L.A. and Rome and Amsterdam and Madrid and, like, all over Europe. It was awesome. But I got really burned out, and I just felt like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I reached out to Maven again, and literally, Amber was like, oh, we have this opportunity with Eventbrite. If you're interested, I'd love to talk to you more about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've always wanted to work for Eventbrite. It's a company that I applied to so many times. I also have experience in the events industry. Like I've planned weddings and all sorts of other events. So I was like, this would be so cool. So going into this period of, of temping, did, did you have any expectations or hopes of you know, what you were looking for out of that experience of contracting? Since I come from a full-time role, I definitely wanted to find another home where I could be full-time. I did not have the intent to, like, have this experience of, like, starting a business and I'm going to, like, have this time where I, like, come in and out of temping. Like, that was not my initial plan, Um, I really did hope that I would find something that would allow me to, you know, be full time at some point. Um, I think it was when I decided to move to L.A. that I found out how much synchronicity Mm -hmm. was there Mm -hmm. between me and the temp world. Mm -hmm. So one of the, I think, kind of inherent challenges of getting up to speed when you are contracting is just this whole emphasis on having a super short, like virtually non-existent (laughs) ramping up period, right? There's no extensive onboarding program. There's no two weeks of learning and this and that. It's, It's really not that kind of same support infrastructure. So I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners are also curious about what steps you took in those early days to gain confidence from that client and that company and how you were able to establish a working relationship quickly. Yeah. I would say that Eventbrite was the most extreme example of this. I mean, I had an EA basically pick me up my first day from reception. We like walked over to where I would be working. Um, From there, yeah, it was just kind of like, here you go. Here's your desk. Here's your computer. Uh And I'll send you a PowerPoint with a few resources. But uh, you you got it. (laughs) You got this. (laughs) Remember, confidence. Yeah. Good luck. So I just started talking to people, honestly. I started talking to people and asking a lot of questions and making sure that the team knew that I was there for them. 
And I think that once people knew I was there, I had more than enough to do. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think that also I have to ask the question of like, why am I really here? Right? Like, why did they bring me here? Because of course, people will always send you work. Um, there's always an abundance of that. But the meaningful work that actually needs to get done to help the executive that you're there to assist is is what I'm really looking for. And so building that relationship with the executive is so important and you really get to know where, you know, their strengths and weaknesses lie and where you can really be helpful. And they don't always know that. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to come in and, and look and be thinking really strategically around their day, looking at their calendar, if you have access to their email, like whatever it is that you can use to really understand like where their time is being like eaten up and just things that would be really helpful in allowing them to have more time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's really how I approached it. And, you know, some executives also are more open to you having more of their world than others. There are some executives that are like, please have access to my email and, like, delete anything that you feel like is not, you know, going to be helpful to me seeing. And if there's something that you feel like you can handle, like, absolutely help me out with that. But then there's other people who are like, no, I don't want you in my email. So you really have to be very fluid Mm -hmm. in allowing yourself to find out, like, okay, how can I be helpful in this particular situation? I don't know that I can, if there is any, you know, like, magic, you know, uh, system that I can say, oh, okay, every time I do this, this, and this, you know, but every time I definitely am just being fluid with the people and saying like, okay, where am I most helpful in this environment? And I'm curious about how you went about establishing a good working relationship with that executive. I think it was the GC, right? That you were supporting because I think it's, it's one thing when somebody has made the commitment of, okay, I'm hiring you permanently you're my guy, you're my gal or whatever, and we're going to invest in this partnership and I'm going to give you the time and the access. But when the premise of the relationship is that it's going to be short term, I think it's a lot harder to get people to be willing to participate in that partnership and be willing to give their time. Um, so how did you broker that? Because it's sort of, that, that's a challenge. Like that's, a, I think, just a fundamental challenge. So how did you get the GC to be willing to kind of share with you enough to be able to be effective in that capacity? I think that knowing the people around her who supported her the most, like there was like an associate GC, there's like a commercial um, lawyer there. There were so many other lawyers that worked with her on a consistent basis and understanding from their perspective, like where she was most pulled and where I could be most helpful really helped her to see like, oh, he's really here to be like a strategic partner to me. And he's not like asking me everything. Like he's really going out of the way to make sure that he's helpful to me um, in ways that I couldn't have even imagined. And so I do think that like doing that legwork on the back end is really helpful in helping people to see that like, I'm not thinking of this through a temporary lens. And so I don't, I shouldn't treat him like, Mm. you know, he's thinking that way. Mm -hmm. And um, so that really, really helped a lot. And honestly, she was the main person who fought for me to be there full time at Eventbrite. And it was because of the relationship that we established. Yeah, that's huge. What was the circumstances initially? Like, was it a temp to perm type of situation initially? Or was it just, hey, come in and help for the time being? 
yeah, it was really just coming in and help for the time being. They were looking for an EA, and they just needed someone to kind of bridge the gap. They had an EA that left um, pretty quickly, and they needed someone to fill in. And it was also, like, Christmas, Thanksgiving time, and so it's a difficult time to be trying to find someone. Yeah. They thought they would have someone by the end of the year. They didn't. And, you know, while we were working together, Sam was like, what do you think about this role? Would you be interested in it? And I was like, well, you know, let's see how we work together over the next, you know, couple months. And, you know, if it's a great fit, then absolutely, you know. And honestly, at the end of that time, I didn't feel like it was a fit for me. And I told her that I was really honest. And I Mm -hmm. said, you know, I really do enjoy Eventbrite, but legal is not quite my thing. (laughs) You know, like, and honestly, the part that I left out is that in my time there, a paralegal left. Uh-huh. And so one day Uh-oh. I got pulled into a meeting and they're like, hey, we really want you to learn how to respond to these levies that we're getting on a da- daily basis. And so I basically learned how to be a paralegal in like a week and a half. And so not only was I an EA to the GC and the rest of the legal team, but then I became like a paralegal, <laughs> which was unbelievable. And I would literally be at Eventbrite to like 930 in the evening sometimes, like responding to all of these like levy requests. And I learned a lot, and I'm really grateful for that experience. Like, right now, I can go and deal with these issues on my own if I had to mm-hmm. in my own life. Mm-hmm. Very little interest in doing that for work <laughs> on a daily basis, though, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think she really appreciated that I was honest with her about it. And I didn't, again, take on something that I didn't feel was right for me. And I think that she was like, okay, yeah, let's see if we can find another home for you. And she's like, will you please help me find someone who would be a great fit for this role? I absolutely did that, helped to find someone who was a great fit. I trained him. So the role that you were hired on and ultimately actually wasn't the one that you contracted in. It was not. The role that I got was created for me. Uh-huh. Um, I actually got my job in the bathroom from the CFO. <laughs> please tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Just please tell me it was at the sink and not in the stall. <laughs> it was It was at the sink. Okay. I, was, I was washing my hands. <laughs> the CFO... <laughs> At the time, his name is Randy, um, a really funny guy uh, who a lot of people were scared of, but I, 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 I really enjoyed Randy. He came up to me and he's like, yeah, I've been talking to Sam and, you know, I know that you really want to stay on here and there's so many places that need help. But what do you think about working between corporate development and investor relations? I'm like. Yeah. He's like, well, you think about it. Think about it. You let me know. But I think that that'd be a great fit for you. And I'm like, okay. So I like walk out of the bathroom and I'm like, okay, so I have a potential like role here. And it took some time for them to like figure it out. Right. Like they hadn't planned on this role. This was something that just came up because they're like, we have someone here who's great and we think that he'd be a great addition to this organization. But we didn't have budget for this role at all. And, you know, a lot of people were really pulling for me to be there. And so they made it work out. And I'm, you know, super grateful for having that experience. I actually ended up um, working across the organization because, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to do that job in investor relations and corporate development. But eventually the head of investor relations left. And so I started supporting the CFO because his assistant went out on maternity leave. And so... Then I was supporting um, three people until the investor relations person had left. And then eventually we got a new CFO, and he became the chief strategy officer, so I was supporting him in that role. 
and then his assistant came back and we got a new chief human resource officer and I started supporting him. Mm-hmm. So I legit went from working in legal to working in investor relations and finance and corporate development and then in HR. So yeah. I really had a really um, comprehensive view of the organization. Yeah. And so a lot of the EAs that have been there a really long time were coming to me asking for a lot of help and asking for my expertise in a lot of different areas because they're like, well, we know you've only been here like a year and a half, but you literally worked across the company and you yeah. have understanding of different areas that we just don't have. And so in a really short time, I was able to make myself really valuable to this organization. So I, I think that's a really interesting point, right, is that you know, the position that you were originally onboarded to, A of all, wasn't even <clears throat> supposed to be a long-term position. Um, B of all, you know, wasn't necessarily in an area that you were inclined to, to stay in long-term. But I think because you were able to create this really um, meaningful impression on everyone, um, you know, it resulted in this opportunity just organically like forming for you, right? And, and I think that that's a really important takeaway for listeners to understand that no matter what the opportunity is, not to have a kind of lackadaisical or checked out attitude when it comes to how you approach the work. Because the reality is that it's that getting through the door part, and then it's, uh, it's up to you and it's up to your talent and your attitude and how you show up every day and how you ingratiate yourself in a meaningful way to add value. But that's really, that's such an important lesson, I think, for people to understand, like, regardless of what may or may not be the stated objective of that role, that if you're able to create value, value creates opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and I would really say that the opportunity really came from the relationships that I made in a really strategic way. Um, and at the time, I don't think I was thinking about like, oh, I'm going to create this relationship. And so this will lead to this. Mm-hmm. Like I legit was like, I want to do the best that I can. Yeah. And in the process, like I'm going to make relationships because I know that's how I can really make a mark here is Mm -hmm. having the right relationships and you know I'm very solutions oriented and so people came to me for solutions they knew that like okay if we have something happen in the last minute like Brandon can handle it I actually got an award at Eventbrite called the shock absorber award I love that (laughs) and you know it was really funny to me at the time but I learned that it actually is something that came from my childhood because sometimes things were kind of chaotic and I learned how to like make peace with it and Mm -hmm. to like just get things done. Right. Right. And so this award basically was given to me because they're like when everything else is going off the tracks, you absorb the shock for everyone and you can allow us to like come back to reality and you are that constant. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's another thing that helped me stay on. that's an incredible compliment. Yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And I never thought of things in that way in the work that I do. But I've realized that I do that everywhere I go. Right. Like, I am really that person who's just calm. Like, no matter what happens, I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to think about a way to deal with this. And, like, while other people are freaking out, I have solutions. Right. So, obviously, not every temp position has the potential to go permanent, right? Sometimes you're just coming in because somebody's going on vacation and it's a two-week deal and that's it. Um, but there are circumstances where, you know, even going into a role, 
you know, you may know that the opportunity has that potential of going permanent. Um, so I'm curious, you know, as somebody who has who has had a number of successful placements where, you know, you've had opportunities, long term opportunities materialize from a lot of these roles, whether you took them or not is another story, but you had that opportunity materialize. So I'm curious about, you know, what you um, would recommend in terms of how people can try and influence um, that that outcome and try and encourage a long-term opportunity to come about. And, you know, if you could maybe help other people understand that and and specifically things that they can say or do to help influence that outcome. Absolutely. So I will say that, and like I said before, I do think that relationships are, like, really important. Like, building those relationships with people in a meaningful way so that you really understand, like, the people who I'm working with, how can I be most effective for them. And so thinking about that relationship and then the relationships that are around that that you can build to understand and see those people's like blind spots. Like when you can see things that other people can't see and really help to resolve some of those problems, they they become really like you become really valuable to them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that, you know, that has been one of the things that I've done on a consistent basis that I know executives are so loving about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. I had no clue. And well, so, can you give us an example? Like, what's a blind spot maybe that you were able to identify as an outsider yeah. coming in where you were like, okay, I can see this. Like, I've got For some sure. matrix kind of stuff going on, and I yeah. can see what's going on here. Like, what's an example of something that you were able to pinpoint? So even, like, right now um, at Postmates, I came in, and my executives have so many one-on-one meetings, which are really important, right? Like she's relatively new in her role. She's been there about a year and it's really important for her to connect with these people so that they really understand where things need to go in their individual like leadership roles within the people team. However, we're also going through a lot as a company right now, right? And there's a lot of growth and change. And she has so much work that needs to get done that she can't do because she has so many direct reports. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, hey, you know what? Right now, I think we should just do a moratorium on -on one-on-ones. And if there's anything that's really important, let that go through me and I can help to field any places where you really need to be involved. Otherwise, I'm aware of like your entire team and what their strengths are. And I can help to like field a lot of these questions so that you don't have to get bogged down with this right now. And you can really focus on the things that you need to do. And so I was able to basically craft an email yep. to her entire like leadership team saying, hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do for the next month. If you need anything please come to me. You can reach out to Steph, you know, one off, but also if you could copy me, I will make sure that this thing gets pushed forward. And so it has given her so much more time to focus on all of the other things that are going on right now yep. that she just didn't have before. And she just didn't see the light. She was yeah. like, I have to support my team. You Got can it. still support your team, but you can do it in a different way that yep. also allows you to support yourself. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, and, and I can see like when you're caught up in that, you know, not just not being present and you get caught up in just this feeling of pandemonium and don't really understand how to adjust that or how to, you know, impact that in a different way. So somebody coming in can, can identify that as you did. 
Absolutely. So. And I think that when we get like so like dug into our yeah. environments, you like dig this hole, dig this hole, dig this hole, and you can't see the light anymore. So yeah. when someone else comes in with a yep. fresh pair of eyes, right. you can see things from a different perspective with their help. Yeah. And so I think that that is what you know, we as EAs have the opportunity to do is come in with these fresh eyes and also use a lot of the background information you have from other roles, mm -hmm. things that you've done well. You know, it's really important to call on those things and to mm -hmm. think about some of the other issues that you've fixed in the past because a lot of them are pervasive in different environments. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there have been things that I've seen across all of the organizations that I've worked at that I've been able to easily pinpoint and say, oh, I've seen this before. Let's, like, do this thing because I've seen these trees on the street. Like, I know what that tree means. And so I'm just going to fix this right now so that we don't have to wait a long time to, like, deal with an issue that I know about today. Yeah. I also liked the tip that you gave a little bit earlier about really <clears throat> trying to leverage the direct reports and leverage the people around your executive for information and for insight, particularly as you're getting up to speed, because they, they know things, right? And they know what the priorities are. And if you don't have to bog down your executive in getting that information and, and getting context, if you can get that from other people, that's a huge time saver as well and a huge lever that you can pull on behalf of your executive. So I, again, I, I think it makes a lot of sense what you're saying about it. it all really goes back to relationships and how you establish those quickly and how you solidify those. So what's your response to people who worry that a temp assignment is going to, you know, taking a temp assignment is going to hurt their resume or it's going to be, you know, a, a stigma um, or that, um, you know, oh, there's no meaningful career opportunities that can come out of temping. What's your response or rebuttal to people that might be having those thoughts? Ultimately, what you're going to get out of a temp situation, whether it turns into something full time or it's just something that you're doing for a couple of weeks, you will get experience out of it and you will glean something if you allow yourself the lens to to do that. You know what I mean? Like whether or not you learn something from it is, is totally going to be up to you. There are always things to learn in every environment that you're in. And so that's how I try to take it on for myself. Um, and I think that also like working with a company like Maven is so helpful because you guys are professionals at this, right? Like you can help me to craft my resume in a way that is thoughtful. So when I do approach some of these companies, that I'm interested in, like they can have help you have that conversation about these temp roles and where you were in your life. You know what I mean? Like people understand, like I was just at a point where I needed to find myself and I needed to like take temp roles, have like personal healing. And like mm -hmm. now that I've done that, I'm in a lot better of a position mm -hmm. to go into a company and be, you know, my whole self and have real like meaningful change on their behalf. And so um, yeah, I don't think that a temporal can hurt you um, just because, you know, it's a short stint on your resume. I think that you have to really reframe how you're thinking about things. And I also believe in the power of, like, manifestation. Like, if you believe that, then it could be true. You know what I mean? Like, but if I want to believe that I'm getting... You know, I'm learning more and more things and I'm taking on, you know, perspectives that I hadn't 
learn before. Like, I had no interest in working illegal. Like I said, when I went to Eventbrite, that's not something that I think is fun at all. Like, I was very stressed <laughs> out dealing with some of these legal documents on a day to day basis. I was just I mean, like, honestly, navigating levees at 930 at night. <laughs> This does not sound cute at it's all. It's not something you didn't want to do. I at have all. a lot of unhappy attorney friends. So, yes. uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but again, like I said, I, I learned so much from that experience. Totally. And they learned a lot about me. They're like, wow, we could throw something at him that he literally knows nothing about. Yeah. And he can run with it. Yeah. And this is the kind of person we want in our organization. You totally. know what I mean? Well, I think, too, like, um, there's a couple of n- nice. Um, messages I think in what you've shared today and one of them I think about really staying true to your needs and your interests and your desires as a person it's really important like you weren't afraid to let the GC you know know hey I really appreciate this environment I really appreciate this company I even really appreciate you but, you know, where we differ is with our passion for legal stuff, right? And and I think that, you know, being able to say that in a, in a respectful way and, and, and it didn't – even though you didn't have a love for legal, you still gave it your all. And I think because of that, you know, you weren't disengaged um, and that allowed you to shine. And really honoring who you are as a person – and again, I, I commend you for taking some thoughtful time – to reflect as a person and to be able to enter into the next phase of your life coming from a more um, composed and um, measured place of knowing yourself, I think that probably encouraged you to feel more confident in, in pushing back and saying this is just isn't me. But you know, honoring that is really important because otherwise, you know, how are you going to find fulfillment in a situation long term if it's not who you are, if you're just fronting to whatever, get the offer or whatever it might be? So I think that's really important. And I think that one of the things we try to encourage, too, is that people really do treat the job search process as a deeply reflective, contemplative opportunity. It's not just jumping from one thing to the next. It's really a time to take stock and assess who you are and how you want to move forward in your life. So Good for you for doing that. I think it provided the clarity. You know, I'm so honest with everyone at Maven about the opportunities that I'm interested in, right? Like, I tell them, like, I am not interested in the financial sector. That Mm -hmm. seems super stressful to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wear a suit every day. I'm, like, you know, sitting here right now across from you. I was going to say, yeah. Really? No. (laughs) You know, like, I... (laughs) Okay, everybody, let me give you a visual. <laughs> Brandon is in this fantastic jogger. Can I call it a jogger set? Yeah. I love it. And it is multicolored and it's fantastic. I wanted to say something when I saw you in the lobby. It is the brightest part of my day. <laughs> I even have matching socks. I noticed that it. too, so, the tie-dye. Yeah, like I am, You can't you cannot boil that and package that into a suit. It's yeah, not gonna work. I'm not doing it. And and I know better. You know what I mean? Like I right. know I'll get in that environment and I'll be like, oh my gosh, okay, this is gonna drain me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is not feeding my soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so I come to every situation just as I am, you know what I mean? And people will be able to either take that or not. And I'm and I'm totally fine with that. Like I understand that there are environments that are just not for me. Sure. And I respect those environments because they have a lot of importance in the world. Like I respect the financial industry. I am do not want to be a part of it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, and so I think that yeah, like just being honest with yourself and coming and saying, Hey, these are areas I'm really interested in. I'd love to be in the tech industry. 
injury. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. Right. Really helps, you know, Maven to come back to you with awesome opportunities that really fit who you are as a person. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for us to work with is somebody that says, oh, I'm just really open to everything. It's like, ooh, but really? I mean, maybe, but that's, <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, that's pretty broad, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the other thing I was going to say I, I remembered was just about how you said going into a temp position that if you approach it from the mentality of there's nothing that I can learn from this, this is just a filler, you know, that like you said, that's what you learn or don't learn is entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. That if you open yourself up to the possibility of either learning something, challenging yourself in new ways, getting developing new skill sets, uh, building relationships to new people, you know, it, it really goes back to like the, the law of attraction. And it's like, okay, well, what am I going to invite into my life based upon how I conduct myself in this situation? And I really, I'm, I'm laughing thinking about you in the, in the men's restroom with the CFO, because that's just such a clear example of the, the law of attraction. It's like you put out there this this energy and this mindset of, hey, I'm here to serve. I'm here to be of, of value and help. And lo and behold, what came what came to you because of that, right? Absolutely. And if you had an entirely, if you postured yourself in an entirely different way of just like, I'm just here for three weeks. I'm just going to collect my time and move on and keep it moving. I, I'm, I highly, highly doubt that anything would have materialized for you. So as we prepare to wrap up, there is a question that we like to ask all of our guests. Which is, if you could support anybody through the course of history, throughout the course of history, who would it, who would it be and why? Hmm. I would say Walt Disney. Ooh, that's a good one. And that's not just because we're in Los Angeles? No, I mean, I do love Los Angeles. <laughs> I really, really do. Um, I'm originally from Chicago, and I always knew I was supposed to live in L.A. before I'd even visit it. But um, I just think it, it's such a fascinating company, and it's, like, it a is. ton of fun. And yeah. I just am fun, and, like, I enjoy being in environments um, where there's just creativity and yeah. growth. When he was such a visionary. Absolutely. Such a visionary. And what an enduring company he's created. I mean, that's insane. Yes. Well, I love this conversation. I think this is really important um, that people can understand just how meaningful, how much impact they actually have and the opportunity they really have to drive, to drive things in their life and in their career and not just sort of be... Um, subservient to whatever comes up in your life, but actually taking every opportunity as as an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Like really embrace the opportunity in everything, whether it's a five-day temporal or something longer term. It's all about how you treat it and the mentality of how you approach the work. And I think you're such a great example of, you know, what can come of that. Absolutely. And I'll just say that one of the things that I learned during my, like, very introspective time is that there's nothing that is without meaning and for me that just means that like no matter how small or big something is you can glean like learnings and understandings and and growth from whatever it is and so just come to life from that perspective and even things that you may view as like negative you know there's something to learn there and Mm -hmm. so those are the things that I pay the most attention to especially when I'm uncomfortable in a situation Mm. I start asking a lot of questions I'm like hmm 
what is making me uncomfortable here? Because if it's something that I don't like, I don't want to recreate it. And so I do want to know what it looks like so that when I start seeing that again, I can be like, okay, I know what this is. This is not what I want to create. I want to make sure that, you know, I make a different choice this time. And I think that that just goes from your career and in so many other places in life. Amen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have said it better. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Thank you.